guys. This is Gao Junya, host of Climate Watch. Hello, guys. I'm your host Tian Lu with the headline news. For the year of the Chinese dragon, I would like to wish you Long Wu Jiu Tian, 好运连连 May you have the power of the mighty and auspicious dragon in achieving your dreams and aspirations. I would like to wish you a journey filled with joy, success, and a soaring spirit of Long Teng Si Hai. May your path be illuminated by the dragon's courage and mighty strength. I wish you an abundance of good fortune and joy in the Chinese New Year. Hey guys, this is Tian Yu with the Beijing Hour. May your year of the Chinese dragon be blessed with health, wealth, and happiness. Cheers to a fantastic year ahead. 祝大家龙年大吉，诸事顺意。Keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. More Chinese people live in cities than in rural areas, with urbanization rate having exceeded 65 percent, according to the 2023 government work report. However, the shifting lifestyle has not changed people's longing for the rural ideal. An online travel agency says the number of orders for for rural tourism has more than doubled from the same period in the pre-pandemic year of 2019. Hello, I'm Lai Ming, and you're listening to Roundtable today with my colleagues Yu Holing and Brandon Yates. We will discuss the prospect of rural tourism. Number one an item on the issue: What is rural tourism, and what form does it take? I understand it takes a wide range of forms, like fruit picking over the weekend. Good. Count as rural tourism, right? Yeah, in my opinion, right. So, actually, rural tourism is a type of tourism that involves traveling to rural areas and engaging with the local culture, natural world, and outdoor activities. So, yes,、uh, strawberry picking would be considered a item or an event that you can enjoy when you are doing or enjoying rural tourism. It often involves travel to places that are non-urbanized and have low populations, relatively, and rely on agriculture. And these places include villages, cottages, homestays, or B and Bs, farms, ranches, eco lodges. Sounds very soothing to me.、Mm-hmm. And according to the United Nations World Tourism Organization, rural tourism involves a right, wide range of products related to nature-based activities, agriculture, rural lifestyle.、Uh, Lifestyle and culture, and、uh, also sightseeing. So basically, we are looking at eco tourism and、um, agro tourism, in my opinion. Yeah, over the weekend, I would、uh, bring my kids to, let's say, urban, rural Beijing, where they grow strawberry or pears、mm. or peaches. I mean, depending on the season, and then、um, you you pay a certain amount of money to the、uh, farm owner, and then you bring back whatever you can pick. I mean, that's a form of、uh, rural agriculture,、uh, rural tourism. Does it make any sense to you,、uh, Brendan? Yeah, it seems to be a trending topic, not just in China but globally as well. I think when I when I think back to my overseas experiences,、um, even if I was going to a very urbanized area, a lot of the touristy packages include some sort of rural tourism, and I think it does cover a wide range of topics. So I think when people first hear the word rural, they think of like you know low income areas or you know visiting people that are not necessarily generating a great income or whatever. But it does cover things like outdoorsy activities. Like you said, you know, getting into the countryside, experiencing nature,、um, and I think that's a very、um, interesting part of any touristy. 
uh, situation, whether you're you know uh, a dom- domestic in China doing domestic travel or going overseas. Um, so I think it is something personally that I do enjoy. Um, but but when I first heard the term rural tourism, I just thought of you know what I said earlier. But now having heard you guys talk about it, it really does cover a wide range of areas, um, and it does cover a lot of activities, particularly outdoors, that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm. And actually, here in China, rural tourism accounts for quite a large amount of the entire tourism. For example, in 2022, the total tourism revenue in China reached two trillion yuan,、wow. and the rural leisure tourism in China exceeded 700 billion yuan. It makes sense, though, because I think so、One、many、third. Chinese people live in urbanized areas and they don't get to experience nature and outdoorsy activities that often. I suppose so. It makes sense that they would want to seek out. Um, rural tourism activities.、Exactly. Well, we only managed to bring the urbanization rate to that level to、uh, about sixty-five percent in in recent decades.、Mm. In suddenly in bigger cities like metropolitan cities, Beijing, Shanghai, I mean the urbanization rate is much higher than that. But uh, uh, then there are about uh, uh, more than a dozen cities where you have seventy、uh, percent above or above in terms of urbanization rate. But th- all of this took place in a matter of a few of a few t- decades. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's the happened really quickly. The、yeah. Government really made it a, a growth point to really promote urbanization because we know、uh, urban areas are, are far more productive than than rural areas. As such, if you want to drive the economy、uh, grow faster, then、uh, certainly you need that extra growth and ec- growth momentum in in、uh, urban areas. But、mm-hmm. again,、uh, what I'm trying to say is、uh, all of this change took place in a matter of a few decades. So、um, th- there's、uh, why this is why a lot of our people are still looking forward to the kind of lifestyle where you have, let's say. A small courtyard where you get to hang out with the wild, wouldn't say wild animals, but farm animals, <laughs> farm animals, or、we'll、just、insects. be surrounded by nature. Yeah, yeah. People have a strong desire for that. Actually, on. Uh, trip. dot com, which is a leading trip-related platform or travel agencies online. Actually, the number of orders for rural tourism in the first three quarters of 2023 has increased to 200 or increased to 264 percent of the same period in the pre-pandemic year of 2019, indicating a robust recovery. People do have a huge desire to have、yeah. a soothe and smooth and therapeutic, even. Well, you know what、tourism. they say: you don't know what you. You have till it's gone. So it seems like with all of this rapid urbanization, people that were previously living in rural situations maybe now being in these urbanized areas, they miss that rural element. So it seems like that's why they're seeking it out、um, when they are planning their tourism activities.、Mm-hmm. Uh, fruit picking and、uh, homestays have been developing even before COVID nineteen and setting. But、uh, then again, COVID nineteen really played a part in this in the sense that、uh, when every People when everybody was sort of cooped up in their own city, not not、yes. finding it difficult to travel to a neighboring province or city, then、uh, they have fewer choices compared to、yeah. pre-COVID uh, pandemic uh,、um, area, area periods. It also makes、uh, sense that after being cooped up for such long periods of time, that people are seeking out you know wide open spaces and being in touch with nature because, like you said, during COVID, it was very difficult to access those sort of areas.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On top of fruit picking or Anything like that? Actually, a lot of young people are、Barbecuing. also, yes, visiting rural areas, and they are creating or at least making some other activities quite trendy, including hiking.、Uh, and some of them are spending gap year or gap month or gap anything. 
in rural areas. Fantastic. Yes, Hopefully not also, a decade. <laughs> uh, campaign, agricultural learning experiences, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are also adopting farm animals in village so that they can enjoy the product of those animals and also, you know, give them a nice visit when they have the chance to mm. go visit the village. It's definitely great to hear that young people in particular are experiencing that sort of lifestyle because I think in rapidly evolving societies like China, um, where you know kids grow up in these heavily urbanized areas, I don't think they are very familiar with nature mm. and a nature-based lifestyle. So to hear no. that this sort of travel is trending in a country like China with young people, I think is fantastic. Again, I mean, all of this has to do with the quality of living that we uh, think we can think of. I mean, even before COVID uh, period, before COVID hitting uh, hit hit us, there was the issue. There was the growing interest in in uh, going to the rural areas to enjoy a lifestyle. But then again, the there's issue. The bus- the industry has always been sort of uh, tagged or being labeled or, or or laden with complaints. Like there, there is it's ever so often for tourists to find bed bugs in in homestay right. rooms, that kind of thing. So the quality of service that people were previously having access to was uh, not necessarily that up to standard. But then again, uh, there, there was the uh, rural revitalization and poverty alleviation projects. So um, and then pan- the pandemic played a, played a part in, in really raising people's standard, their requirement for the kind of service they expect to get when they do travel. So uh, in in the past few years, um, precisely, we've saw the the kind of quality that people uh, can enjoy when they do go to enjoy rural tourism uh, increasing over the past few few years. Mm. Mm. And not only are people enjoying rural tourism quite so much as visitors, actually, according to statistics, for every 10,000 tourists attracted to rural tourism, it can stimulate an investment of around 100 million yuan, creating approximately 25,000 employment opportunities, Mm -hmm. which means this benefits the rural areas and people living in rural areas quite so much as well. For a lot of people who are leaving their hometown going to urban areas, started to find a job. Actually, they are facing this opportunity to go back to their hometown to start a business, maybe be the owner of a nice little B&B and create or decorate their house, their homestay in their own way and enjoy a different kind of lifestyle. I wonder if the term rural is actually the best word to describe this sort of travel. I'm just thinking about this now because coming from South Africa, when we think of the term rural, We think of low-income areas, poverty, crime. So the word is generally associated with negativity, whereas when we describe outdoorsy activities like going to the countryside and fruit picking and visiting wine farms and hiking, we generally just call that, you know, countryside tourism or outdoorsy activities. Um, So maybe that's just a South African thing where there's a a slight negative connotation with the term rural. I don't know if that's the same in in China. Um, It would be... Well, you could feel that if, if China didn't start poverty alleviation and uh, rural revitalization projects over the past few years. I mean, now that uh, we have sort of uh, done something to shorten the wealth gap between mm. the rural and the urban, and uh, now that more opportunities are being unleashed for right. people living in rural areas, we see more people uh, seeking and trying to seize the opportunities presented in rural areas. There yeah. are more people who want to cling to the 
their own rural hukou, which is a household registration policy, uh, than than there used to be. I mean, uh, there used to be a time when people all wanted to move to urban areas where they have jobs, where they have a higher level of uh, quality, higher level of quality of yeah, living. Yeah. But now uh, that this is no longer the case, so this is all thanks to uh, poverty alleviation and rural revitalization. But I see your point. I mean, you, the word countryside doesn't uh, evoke a, a, a keener sense of uh, yeah. the rural ideal as compared to the rural. And South Africa is in like a unique situation in the sense that yes, people also want to move to the urbanized areas for better work opportunities and being closer to you know schools and you know offices and that sort of thing. But then again, when we think of you know wealth and uh, distribution and that sort of thing, super wealthy people in South Africa are of course based in the cities and do a lot of their work there. Um, but there's also a huge drive for them to move out to the countryside and have properties there and you know spend uh, vacations there. So a lot of the rural areas are not so rural. So they're in the in the countryside and surrounded by nature, but you'll find these really grand hotels and amazing villas and homes mm-hmm. where people take part in these activities that we were discussing now, but the actual areas themselves while they're not necessarily heavily populated um, or as you know popular as the urbanized areas, they certainly are um, affluent areas. Mm, I think that is definitely an interesting point. <coughs> it's a cultural point. thing. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, a, cultural it's thing. a socioeconomic uh, issue. Uh, in the U.S., you wouldn't want to lo- live in downtown because uh, that's where the pe- poor people live. Right. Unless it's in a metropolitan city like New York. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you take a look at the downtown, like uh, eastern side of downtown in, in Washington D.C., then the, there are there are poor people living there. Yeah, yeah. And then Donald Trump, the former president, would say, uh, our, "Our downtown is like." Uh, I wouldn't want to use the word on radio. <laughs> <laughs> and right. in the meantime, when it comes to countryside uh, tourism, in my opinion, it's more related to a relatively leisure and soothing kind of experience. Right. You would enjoy the view quite so much mm. and with certain kind of sightseeing, like you mentioned. But actually, the rural uh, tourism we talk about here mm-hmm. also involves certain cultural side in the exact village. For example, you can take part in certain activities that would allow you to have experience of local uh, intangible or tangible cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. And also you get to enjoy certain kind of outdoor sports based But are those on generally low-income areas or is it just more rural areas? More rural areas. Yeah, so it's the same in South Africa. I mean, like, the rural areas, you know... They're just—they're not really considered rural, but also you can very have very unique experiences that are, you know, unique to that specific area, yes. like you said. So there's p- particular cultural activities, sporting activities, outdoorsy activities that are unique to that particular area. But for some reason in South Africa, that's not considered rural tourism. Like when we say rural tourism, it's it's exploring low-income areas where people are struggling with poverty and you know uh, that sort of thing. So maybe it's just a unique thing in our in our country. Um, but yeah, when we the kind of tourism that we're discussing now, it's kind of it's not viewed as rural tourism in South Africa. It's kind of seen as and it's not countryside <laughs> sort sort of, but it's it's more like nature-based urbanized mm. f- uh, moving away from urbanized settings and finding yourself in the the countryside or like the the great outdoors but not reducing your 
um, level of lifestyle. It's just a different sort of high-end living as opposed to living in an urban area. Mm -hmm. We are now talking about rural tourism as if it is the only opportunity that's presented to people living in rural areas. That is, Mm. this is a godsend. This is a a wonderful discovery for people to really uh, change their lives. But in fact, uh, rural tourism in its nature sometimes uh, can be haphazard and and scattered and, and, and difficult to manage. And as such, it it is likely to cause certain problems. I mean, the most typical problem that has been reported would be uh, the Orhai in in uh, Dali, which is um, in in Yunnan province in southwest China. And rural tourism and uh, homestay business was so rampant to a point that uh, it was poorly managed. It caused a very uh, very serious pollution to to the huge lake that we call yeah. Orhai, and so. The, the local authorities have to take uh, several years to really um, improve the situation and really make the water clean again so business can continue to prosper in the area. So yeah. there are difficult challenges being posed even as we pursue a new level of development in terms of rural tourism. Mm, I think a, so, sorry, I think a lot of these areas really struggled to deal with heightened levels of popularity and it sounds like that was a, a great example of that. So it's a hard thing to manage because sometimes because of social media and you know uh, the online uh, the online space, all of a sudden these very sometimes remote, almost random areas become incredibly popular overnight. And I think a lot of them are not prepared for that level of popularity. So it is quite a tricky thing for these rural areas and people that operate businesses in those areas to manage, I suppose. Exactly. And also for Arha itself, it's quite beautiful in itself. So it has this in um, in in a way that other places is hard to compare. But there is a particular um, successful example that I found that is for this place. Actually, the place is called Xiajiang Village mm-hmm. in Zhejiang Province. It has been na- oh, it's actually on the list of the United Nations World Tourism Organization's Best Tourism Villages list Uh in 2023. And it's been selected because it has find a way to really properly manage their resources and to make sure that the village is up to standard Mm. for visitors. So the very first step is to do a lot of infrastructure improvements. Actually, the village itself at the very beginning was not that clean, was not pretty enough, was not, like Brendan has mentioned, uh, able to provide up to standard living quality to people visiting. So they did a lot of upgrading in sanitation facilities, including toilets and also garbage stations and uh, water treatment systems. Mm-hmm. And the second step is they established a lot of different homestays and B&Bs, and they invited and attracted a lot of people, especially young people, back to the beautiful village and started to build very beautiful and special different kinds of B&B so people can enjoy. I suppose similar things happen when major sporting events go to lesser known cities. So I think, for example, I mean, look, in South Africa, of course, for us, certain cities are very well known to us and we still view them as, you know, uh, urbanized, really modern cities. But then when an event like the 2010 FIFA World Cup comes along and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the whole world is coming to your shores, you actually realize we're not prepared for this level of uh, tourism. So all of a sudden you see, like you said, B&Bs start popping up, hotels start popping up, a lot more uh, cleaning services are implemented, a lot more security arrives, a lot more infrastructure arrives. Um, So I think that's a critical element um, for uh, lesser known or less 
prepared space to go through um, to be prepared for these heightened levels of of popularity. Exactly, and when they develop to a certain level, actually, really professional companies started to emerge, started to step in and start managing, and this is what they did. And they, creates jobs too, right? Yes, yeah. they established a company to. Um, the company's name is very interesting. It is called Empower the Village Company, <laughs> and the company started to develop different kinds of activities, different kinds of items related to local resources and. People can experience, can、um, enjoy those different items, different activities, including、mm-hmm. uh, countryside festival, music festivals, and countryside、uh, markets. So these are fun activities people、mm-hmm. can enjoy. And the next step, which I particularly quite.、Uh, I would applaud for the next step is that they started to collaborate with villages around them and asking, "Do you want to participate?、Nice. Do you want to also establish or try to develop? See what are some resources you have,、mm. so, so you can be inclusive. So it becomes very inclusive. Inclusive, so that people can enjoy not only in their village but also start another maybe one or day two day tour to、uh, neighborhood or neighbor neighboring、yeah. villages as well. It's so critical that these places are ready for this level of tourism because. Another thing to consider is that a lot of these places are quite seasonal, so they've got quite a short window in、mm-hmm. when they can really optimize the scope that's on them. So being prepared for a certain time of year, when you know hundreds or thousands or tens of hundreds of thousands come to a certain village, it's very critical that companies like these prepare these villages to、um, best utilize. The opportunity that's provided to them by their increased popularity,、mm. and with all these steps, actually in 2022, the village's collective economic total income reached 1.5 million yuan, with operational income totaling 1 million yuan. So it's the operational incomes. Accounts for two thirds of the entire of the total income, so quite a successful example. Yeah, and hugely important because you know two thirds is a massive number.、Mm. Right, and also、um, when we talk about rural, we often forget that、uh, we often think of the comparison between urban and rural.、Yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the, the dichotomy that we tend to use. But sometimes, rural also means ethnic minority. I mean, if you sure com- if you compare to、uh, the vast majority of, of the people who live in central China, then、uh, there. Are There are plenty of、uh, ethnic minority people who live in in relatively remote areas. I mean, they are they can be considered as, sometimes to some extent as rural, and、uh, they have more to offer than just a beautiful landscape. But they also have the cultural element that they can、uh, be rather proud of. Mm, uh, when I was visiting Hunan Province, I experienced what you had just mentioned—the kind of experience that is, they have a lot of ethnic-based. Based cultural activities, and they have different performances. Even I feel like it's three, two or three years ago. I have experienced the very immersive performances. I think the performance is themed with a local、um, ethnic s- style wedding ceremony,、mm. and I was like one of the, the guests. No, 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 no. I was just a guest. I was not the bride. <laughs> and and it, it's the it's a whole experience, like you said. You get to wear ethnic style costume, try local food, and the entire experience is unforgettable.
Mm-hmm. And I, for one, had a chance to visit different local tourism spots in different parts of the country, like in northern uh, province of uh, autonomous region of uh, of Inner Mongolia. There was the chance to stay on a, a homestay and then uh, really take part in the the bonfire ceremony. Ah. Back there. So there was a, there was a group of people running around and really having fun <laughs> around surrounding a bonfire, and that was it. And then in southern China, in Guizhou province, where you have a lot of ethnic minorities people and you live in the uh, Miao style village and and uh, in fact upon entering the village you're, you're required to uh, complete certain ceremonies like uh, to prove that you can take as much liquor as they uh, <laughs> require you to, Not my kind to of. consume and like then kind of thing so um and then you get uh, the chance to visit the family museum hosted by uh, local residents within the Miao villages. A lot of them are quite farming, uh, quite interesting. So then again, we are talking about a whole new level of rural tourism, and, but still all of them requires one key component, and that is talent. I mean, uh, just managing these uh, businesses are not enough. You also have to be creative and think of very, very innovative ways to engage uh, whoever that's coming. Mm, or you can just have a very special skill. For example, when I was visiting this homestay in Anhui province, their cooking skill is just so great. So I added the WeChat of the owner and I started to buy things from them, including the soil braised smelly mandarin fish, chopped pepper chili sauce, cured meat, cured ribs, and still buy them to this day. So the effect of the rural tourism lingers can mm. the lingering effect can be quite prolonged. Yeah, and having un- a unique selling point can also be quite helpful. So some sort of attraction or yeah. scenery that also generally helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I think, again, to come back to the earlier point, that is the talent. I think a lot of the college graduates, I mean, they uh, they come initially come from rural areas and they had the chance to study the urban living and uh, get to really know uh, the, the people who are living in urban areas, what they crave, what they want, where they want to hang out, what they expect to see if they do travel rural, to rural areas. And then also the kind of uh, skills involved in communication and in, in um, planning events so that that these are also quite important so to have then uh, coming back to their hometown to look at the opportunities where they grew up and then try and really change the the landscape and also the f- the face of the village and really present it to 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 people who are uh, more or less congregating in urban areas this is uh, really uh, something